welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. This week, I wanted to have a little one-to-one time with you to share a preview of what's to come over the next couple of weeks. What has continued to bubble up for me to share with you is a deeper look into what causes addiction. Not only does it come up in my sessions with clients, but it's a subject that I continue to consider when I look at human behavior all around me, as well as in myself. I have worked with several folks who have found freedom from their urges and addictions in a permanent way, and I have personally found freedom from habits by looking in the same direction. So, before we kick off the next couple weeks of conversations, I wanted to share what I see, so you can begin to consider this for yourself. Firstly, when I talk about addiction, I'm not just talking about addiction to alcohol, drugs, overeating, or OCD. These are more well-known as far as addictions go because there are anonymous support groups for them. But us humans do a fantastic job of finding pretty much anything we can get our focus on to use as an escape from our current state of mind. I personally have been addicted to picking my arms. More on that later. (laughs) I have a colleague who had a client who was addicted to reading. Truly. If he wasn't sleeping or working, he had a book in his face. I've had friends be addicted to exercise, to picking their feet, or the skin around their nails, shopping, and of course, we all know at least one person who's been addicted to smoking. The list goes on. And here's the thing. When we are addicted to something that changes our biochemistry chemically, like drinking, smoking, or sugar, Sure, you may have withdrawals that you will have to withstand while your body detoxes itself, but this does not mean anything about you as far as your mental health goes. No addiction means anything about your mental health or well-being. It is not a disease. You were not born onto this earth with a piece of your DNA genetically setting you up for a life of addiction. Scientists have done their best to link genetics to addiction, but for years now they have been actively researching how genetics factor in, and they have not found an answer. They have made a lot of incredible discoveries when it comes to the mind of an addicted person after They have already been in cycles of addiction. But again, they haven't found a link to the root cause before someone has become addicted. And there is a very simple reason as to why. And I am not the first person to notice this. So I'm not on any kind of high horse here. I'm all about science. When we are experiencing a state of mind that makes us uncomfortable. Insecurity in all of its many forms, overthinking, fear, shame, anxiety, depression, anger, upset, sadness, loneliness, longing. 
we tend to immediately look for something that can distract us from what we're feeling, or rather, something to take us out of the feeling that we're in. We're desperate for a different state of mind, for a different feeling. It makes sense. It's no fun to be sitting in the depths of despair when you have no idea that you're experiencing your thoughts in the moment that are temporary and mean nothing about you. The scriptwriter in our brains writes some pretty intense Stephen King stories. While our consciousness makes every single part of the Stephen King story feel really real in our bodies. It's no wonder when you consider it why so many of us have experienced little urges that have led to habits that have led to addictions. They were all coming from a really innocent place of wanting to feel something different when we felt like crap. And because most of us aren't aware of the scriptwriter in our mind, we don't realize that the habit or addiction isn't actually the thing giving us relief. It's the simple fact that while we're doing our habit or addiction, we're no longer focusing on the thinking that was making us feel horrible in the first place. From my personal experience, as I mentioned earlier, I have had an addiction to picking the little bumps on my arms known as keratosis pilaris, which is just a skin affliction that many of you might be familiar with, actually. Most fair-skinned folks have it on the back of their arms as a little kid, then it goes away by the time you're 30. Unless you've got Scottish blood like I do, and you could have it your whole life. Anyhow, I digress. In the last few years, I wanted to get to the bottom of my habit because I was tired of having embarrassingly scarred arms. And I realized one day that picking was my escape from whatever it was that I was feeling insecure about in my head. And here again is the root of what I'm talking about. It is always what is going on in our minds that we want to escape from. We want to feel more peace instead of the feeling that goes with whatever is being kicked up in our heads. So we go outside ourselves, innocently believing that that is going to bring us happiness or contentment, or frankly, as I said before, just a different state of mind than what we're in. You may say, But what about my friend who was an alcoholic who came from a long line of drinkers? Looks pretty genetic to me. Well, what about all of the folks, many of whom I have counseled, who come from alcoholic parents and grew up determined to be nothing like their parents? If they were genetically predisposed, wouldn't they automatically be set up for a life of alcoholism? It's amazing to consider right? Many folks who become alcoholics simply saw drinking to feel different being modeled for them. For example, a person who becomes an alcoholic even though they weren't raised by alcoholics 
could have seen their parents go from feeling heavy and burdened to light and loving when they had their friends over on a Friday night to share a bottle of wine. Innocently so, that child might have thought that when they were feeling upset, hey, mom and dad seem to always feel better once they have something to drink. Maybe I should try it. And this doesn't take into account the fact that media messaging for God knows how many years has modeled through commercials and print ads how much life gets better with a drink or a cigarette. Another example is a colleague of mine who realized in her 50s that she always wanted to eat when she felt bad. When she began to notice how her mind was driving the habit just to get to a better feeling, she had an insight that every time she felt sad when she was a little kid, her mom would hand her something to eat and say, here, eat this. It'll make you feel better. So she attached her feeling better to the food, not her state of mind that naturally regulated itself once she had stopped thinking about her bad feeling and focused on something else. Though I hope today's episode has brought you some insight into the root cause of addiction, there are more conversations to be had in the coming weeks to further illustrate what I shared with you today. Next week, I'll be back in conversation with my mom, retired marriage and family therapist Cheryl Douglas, to discuss this in more depth. She is so excited she can hardly stand it. (laughs) And the following week, we'll have a new guest, the man behind this whole production, my husband, Mike McGraw, who will be sharing his experience of quitting cigarettes cold turkey after nearly 15 years. Let's just say he was ahead of me in seeing where his addiction was stemming from. So there is more to come, and I am thrilled to have you here to see this more deeply for yourself. If you or a loved one has any questions or comments regarding addiction, feel free to leave an anonymous message on the hotline at 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. And be sure to share these episodes with anyone in your life who you feel could use a little more freedom in their mind in seeing where their addiction is really coming from. Sending love in all directions And I'll see you next week.